Luke chapter 7 and verse number 1. I'll be skipping a, a few verses uh, as we go along. Word of God says, Now when he had ended all his sayings in the, in the audience of the people, he entered into Capernaum. And a certain centurion's servant, who was dear unto him, was sick and ready to die. And when he heard of Jesus, he sent unto him the elders of the Jews, beseeching him that he would come and heal his servant. Verse number six says, Then Jesus went with him, and when he was now not far from the house, the centurion sent friends to him, saying unto him, Lord, trouble not thyself, for I am not worthy that thou shouldest enter under my roof. Skip me down to verse number nine, and there's a few things that was said along with that. When Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him and turned him about and said unto the people that followed him, I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. And when they were sent, returning to the house, found the servant whole that had been sick. So the miracle had taken place. But then comes verse number 11. It came to pass the day that after that he went into the city called Nain, and many of his disciples went with him and much people. Now when he came nigh to the gate of the city, behold, there was a dead man carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow, and much people of the city was with her. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said unto her, Weep not. And he came and touched the casket, the buyer of the casket, and they that bare him stood still. Amen. I don't even have to read the rest of the story. You can guess what happened. But I do want to focus on that part right there. As soon as he touched the casket, as soon as he spoke the word, as soon as he touched the casket, the Bible says they all stood still. And I also want to read one scripture, John chapter 7. John chapter 11, excuse me, in verse number 25. It says, Jesus saith unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Amen. I want to preach for just a few moments today on simply resurrection life. Amen. Resurrection life. That is a, that's a good title. Resurrection life. Because who am I talking about? I'm talking about Jesus. I'm talking about the lesson that we heard today in the power of the name of Jesus. So he offers that to whosoever will in this house today, resurrection life. Amen. If you would put your Bibles down, let's pray and ask God to bless his word right now in our ears that we can receive what you have for us. Lord, we thank you for your blessings. Thank you for your spirit, God. Lord, that's already been in the house. We have felt you, God. We know you're here. Lord, we know you've spoken to our hearts, God. You've spoken in our spirits, God. And I pray right now, Lord, that you will minister to the neat needs, God, that are here today, Jesus. And we give you all the praise in the name of the Lord. Amen. Everybody say amen. amen. Clap your hands one time to the Lord. <laughs> praise God. Before you're seated, you may be seated. When Jesus approached the city of Nain, there was a huge procession behind him. He had been out ministering in the hills and the meadows, healing the sick and feeding the hungry crowds and preaching deliverance and words of life 
of God's new kingdom. Now, many of the people that Jesus healed and fed that day, they began to join the, the numbers, if you will, that followed after Jesus and all of the great things that were happening in his ministry. Try to picture this, a vibrant, joyful parade uh, that was going by because they, I read the first part of, of, of Luke chapter 7, and they were excited. There was just great things that were happening. So here they are. They're, they're vibrant. They're approaching the city. Uh, they must have just been one massive parade of joy because they were following the master. They had seen things that nobody else had seen before. They had witnessed some miracles that no one else had ever witnessed before. So they were jazzed, and they were excited, and they were happy. The momentum was going their way. Yet just as excited this crowd was, and they were just, you know, ecstatic about the, the, the works of Jesus, as they approached Nain's gates they noticed that there was a funeral procession that was coming out of the city gates. Verse number 12 lets us know that it was a young man that, who had died, leaving his mother behind, who was also a, a widow. She was actually a widow on top of losing her, her only son. And the Bible says that there was a large crowd from the village that was with her, following her in the procession. I began to think about this as I read this entire a chapter, and I thought, you know, what a contrast of feelings, events, and experiences that was going on on that same street. On one hand, you've got, you're witnessing the, the miracles, and you're witnessing the celebration, and the, just the joyful unity of the crowd of, of everybody's excited. And whenever great things are happening, there's great unity. And everybody's in one mind and one accord because we all want to be a part of that, that celebration. They witnessed the miraculous. They had seen the healings. The food was actually multiplied. And, and so they had their full bellies. They were already satisfied in their, their eating. They had been satisfied spiritually. And, and they were just having a great day. But on the other side, there were the mourners with just the opposite appearance. People weighed down by the, the sorrows of life. Of course, this group was mindful of the tragedy that had just happened. Not only did they feel for this widow woman that had lost her husband, but now she had lost her child, and they were all sad. You are here today with the, the reality of both things that have happened in your own life. Maybe not today. Maybe you're, a, you're part of that joyful celebration and, and everything seems to be going well and bills are paid, getting through the Christmas holidays. It was just a, a wonderful time that you've had. But then all of a sudden, you've also dealt with the, the flip side. Or maybe you're not necessarily dealing with that side, but you know that there's been the other people that have not recently tasted of the good things of the Lord. Oh, it tastes good to have the celebration. And the Bible lets us know that this is the, that's the will of God. We know that it's okay to celebrate the greatness of God. But we also know that there are marriages that are falling apart. There's loved ones who are struck with cancer. There's children that are indifferent to the amazing gift of God's love. And just overall, the challenges that life many times will deliver. If we aren't facing some of these terrible things today, Maybe, perhaps, probably, you know somebody who, who will be or is facing this type 
of situation, the negatives of life, the, the challenges of life, if you will. Imagine this contrast, the two groups and Nain when they ran into each other outside of the city gates. Jesus' followers were dancing along and singing his praises. God is with us. The funeral mourners were taken back by the excitement of the crowd. There's nothing worse than whenever you're going through a, a tough time, and I mean, you're feeling it, and you're just going right in the midst of it, and you don't see anything else around you except what you're going through. And then there's Miss Happy that comes along. Or Mr. Mr. Just Excited that comes along. And they're, and they're sincere, and they're not trying to make a point. And they're not trying to, you know, just rub anything in. But everything within us says that they are. You know, they, they know that I'm going through the trial of my life. And I've got, they, they should know that this plastic smile is as fake uh, as it really truly is. And so we're walking around and, and, and seeing the excitement, and there's nothing worse than that, that contrast. And, and so I think that whenever the funeral mourners have, uh, saw that, that they were taken back by all of the excitement. Maybe they said, you're being disrespectful. Move out of our way so we can go on with our mourning. So what did Jesus do when he saw the procession of mourners? Verse number 13 tells us, when the Lord saw the widow, his heart overflowed with compassion. He said, wait a minute, there's a need among us. Hold on a minute, guys. We, we're having a great time, and we've got a lot of momentum, and, and we're all happy, and we're high-fiving, and we're, we're fist-bumping, and we're, we're excited about the great things that are going on around us, but, but there's also somebody hurting in our midst, and this is legitimate. As pastor, I believe that church life should be full of dancing. I believe it should be full of delight and laughter and, yes, even fun. I like being around our people. I think you're a great, fun group of people to be around, lighthearted, keep things light, and, and enjoy one another's company. We should celebrate this amazing walk that we have in the Lord. Amen? We ought to be happy. We ought not to be ashamed uh, to get excited about the great things of God. It ought to be a natural tendency to get excited about the things of God. That might sound frivolous to you, but according to the psalmist uh, in Psalm chapter 28, number 7, this ought to be our natural response to the goodness of the Lord. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in Him, and I am helped. Therefore, my heart greatly rejoiceth, and with my song I will praise, I will sing unto Him. Amen. In other words, when you start thinking about the goodness of the Lord, hallelujah, and all of His goodness, and all of His past blessings, and the present salvation, something ought to spring up within our spirits, and we ought to say, hallelujah, Blessed be the name of the Lord, for he reigneth, and he is high, and he is lifted up. That ought to be our natural tendency whenever we start thinking of the goodness of the Lord. Yet, even as we carry this great joy and express the outward praises to the Lord every week, we need to be mindful of the heavy procession that we may be around especially our guest, and I guess that's part of the mindset of our church of what I'm trying to, to shift in our, our lives. I, I want us to think of things differently. 
I don't want us just to ignore those that are around us, number one, whether they be in the church or whether they not. But I want us to know that whenever we do have guests that walk through our door, they may not be on the spiritual plane that you're at. They may not be feeling the joy that you're in right now. And we need to be aware of those that are around us. Uh, we need to get our eyes upon their, their needs and understand, uh, hallelujah, that what they're feeling, uh, we can also feel with them. Uh, whenever we begin to pray for them, uh, it's not just a shallow prayer, uh, but we are empathetic. Uh, we are feeling what they're feeling. Uh, we are going to go through what they're going through. Uh, amen. But you know what? It doesn't have to just be the visitor. Uh, we ought to be aware of that for people. People uh, in the church, uh, our brothers and sisters, uh, we ought to be able to look around uh, and say, boy, they're going through the trial uh, of their life, uh, and I want to shoulder up with them. Uh, I want to link up with them, and I want to pray for them uh, that they can get through this difficult time. In the midst of our celebration, we need to say, as Jesus said, wait a minute, someone is suffering. As Jesus said, let us shift our focus to the one who is in need, who is coming out of the gate. Amen. That person that might be going the opposite direction, uh, and they're not experiencing what we're experiencing, uh, but we're aware and we've got the sensitivity uh, and we've got enough Holy Ghost discernment uh, to where we can say, hold on just a minute, everybody. Uh, hallelujah. I, I want to make sure that we get brother so-and-so and, and sister so-and-so. Uh, we want them to be ministered to to where we can lift them up uh, and get them back where they belong uh, in the joy of the Lord. Uh, if you believe that, would you clap your hands to the Lord? Uh, that's what healthy churches do is they help one another. I'm sure this grieving motherless widow thought her world had ended. Her son had probably been the only remaining family member that she had. She probably felt that she had no reason to, to go on. How did Jesus minister to this widow's need? You know, it's easy to, to preach the words and say we ought to and we should. Amen. And I, I think that we need to keep preaching, but I, I think that we need, to, we need to answer the question, how should we do it? You know, it's one thing to, to utter, we ought to do this and we ought to do that. And I, I hear that often, I, as I'm sure you all do as well. And, you know, this is the way things ought to be. And this is, this is I, think, way, I think, this is the way it ought to be right here. We ought to do this. Uh, but you know what? I'm not really interested in that kind of analysis. I want to know, how are we going to get it fixed? Amen. How are we actually going to get that problem solved? I know what we got to do. We all know what has to be done. Uh, but I want a supernatural word from the Lord uh, that says this is the way that we're going to do it. Uh, as the church of the living God, uh, I'm going to show you how to do it. So how did Jesus minister to this woman's need? He said, don't cry. He said, I want, you to, I want you to just cease with the tears and the emotion. I want you to shut off the negativity. I want you to just put a spout in that, just put a cork in it. And he wasn't that rude, but I'm sure that was his message. He was saying, be quiet. Amen. Brother Nick, I'm sure there's times in your home having all those girls around. Oh, I'm going to get in trouble now, but it's too late. There's times you just want to say, put a cork in it. <laughs> Enough with the drama. Enough with the emotions. And that's what Jesus was saying. We got we to gotta stop with all this right now. We, gotta, we, have to, we have to understand what the problem is so we can solve it. 
Amen? So the Bible says not only did he do that, but he touched the coffin. He touched the casket. Brother Kenny, you're kind of in the same boat. He said, that's enough. Stop. And you know what the Bible says? And this is what's so powerful. Everybody stopped. Now, I could have kept on reading about the deliverance, and that, that's cool stuff, but, but deliverance had already happened at that point. You know why? Because Jesus took authority and stopped it. When any of us are called into a situation of despair, we are to do so with God's authority. You see, we can walk in and we can weep with them, we can cry with them, and that's fine and that's okay. We're to weep with those who weep and we're to, sh we're to laugh with those who laugh. And we're to, we're to get into their maybe frame of thinking to a point. But at some point, the Bible says that we need to take authority in the Spirit. We need to say, enough is enough. We're not going to deal with all this stuff anymore. And I know there's mourning. I know there's sadness. Uh, but I want you to know that I've come here to bring deliverance uh, and to bring life. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, it's one thing, Brother Morgan, for somebody to pray with me. And I appreciate that. And I appreciate the compassion. Uh, and we can cry together and we can get all depressed together or we can whatever together. Uh, but you know what I love more than anything? Uh, I love the delivering hand of God uh, to where I can get up uh, and I don't have to be sad anymore. Come on, somebody. Uh, we need the power of God to get a hold of us. Uh, amen. I don't need some tears. Uh, I don't need sadness. Uh, but I need a delivering power uh, of God uh, to get a hold of our lives right now. Amen. So I don't mean whenever we walk in and we say, I'm going to take authority. And I, I've got confidence right now. I'm not talking about confidence that makes us feel better. I'm not talking about something that boosts our ego and says, boy, I feel powerful. I feel like I'm ready to just uh, run through a troop and leap over a wall. I feel very powerful. No, that's not what I'm talking about right now. What I'm talking about, I'm talking about something, amen, in God that says I've got some authority. It, see, the thing is, it's, this is not about flesh. It never has been. If we ever make church about, and I told the leaders uh, yesterday, and I appreciate our leadership staff, we ought to give them a hand clap. I appreciate them. I honor them. I appreciate their hard work. But as I told them, I said, you know, we as a church, uh, we need to make sure that our focus is on God more than anything else. You see, if we don't worship him, we're going to worship man. Churches do it all over the place. If they're not sincerely coming to the house of God and making it all about Him, uh, what they'll start doing is they'll start worshiping the preacher or the singer or the musician, uh, or they'll worship one another. They'll worship the body, if you will. Uh, but church, what we've got to do is we have to have an understanding. Uh, he is the sole authority. Uh, if anything's going to get accomplished, uh, if anything's going to get done, uh, it's got to be God that does the work. Uh, we've got to lean on Him more than anything else. And so that's what I believe that God is challenging our church to do. We've got to take authority in the spirit. I don't want us just to walk around and, and just give a bunch of pat answers, amen, and pats on the back. And I thank God for some of that. But at some point, we've got to say, God, I'm going to take some authority right now. I'm going to speak the word of truth that's going to bring deliverance to somebody's life. Because this is what the deal is with the world. 
when they come in here, they can get a feel good in a lot of different places. Amen. Our world is full of it. The entertainment dollar, it is bukus. I mean, they, people are spending money, just trillions of dollars, trying to be entertained. And you know, they are entertained for the, for the moment. They can spend a Friday night or a Saturday doing whatever, being entertained by something, and, and it pleases the flesh. You know, it's something that kind of uh, get them through the weekend or get them through a, a tough time for the moment. But you know what? It never satisfies. It never eradicates the problem that is really there. And you know what the problem is? Uh, people need Jesus. Come on, Apostolic Church. Uh, we've got authority. Uh, we've got power. Uh, we've got that name that Brother Ben talked about. Uh, we've got the blood of Jesus Christ. Uh, and it's time that we start operating uh, and walking uh, in the authority uh, and the confidence uh, of Jesus Christ. Amen. And so I believe with all my heart, whenever he, he walked into that funeral, one thing about it, if you're wanting to have a good funeral, don't invite Jesus. Every time he came to a funeral, Sister Chastine, the dead would be raised. Come on now, is that the truth? If you're wanting to have a good funeral and just have it from beginning to end, don't invite him. Isn't that awesome? Everywhere he went, he raised the dead. Now, I'm not talking about a physical death today, but, but it could happen. I'm not saying God can't do that. But I'm preaching about other death. I'm talking about deeds. I'm talking about things that have been done in your life, uh, and you think, boy, it's a done deal. The, the, because this was done or this was said uh, or I made this mistake right here for the rest of my life, this is a dead issue, uh, and I'm never going to be able to get over this thing. Uh, I say in the name of Jesus, uh, hallelujah, you need to take authority uh, and begin to speak to it. Uh, I don't care what your background is. Uh, I don't care what was handed down to you. You need to say, I break that curse uh, in the name of Jesus. Uh, I am not that man. I am not that woman. Uh, I am not that sin. Uh, I am not that lowest point in my life. Uh, I am better than that. Uh, I've got the authority and the power of the Holy Ghost in my life. Uh, I wish somebody would preach with me right now. Amen. If you're struggling with something, uh, you need to wake up uh, and say, in the name of Jesus, uh, I rebuke that spirit uh, and I command it uh, to be resurrected. Uh, hallelujah. So I can deal with it and eradicate that problem in my life. Amen. That's exactly our calling as ministers uh, of the good news of Jesus Christ. Uh, Jesus said that we would do greater works than him. Uh, I don't know about you, but going to a funeral, every funeral you go to, uh, the dead are raised. Uh, that's some good stuff. Uh, but I'll tell you what's even more important uh, is the salvation of our living soul. Uh, it's not just that the death are breathing again. Uh, God can do that, but that doesn't mean they're going to heaven. Uh, I'll tell you how we go to heaven uh, is whenever their spirits are rebuked uh, and strong holds are taken down. Uh, I'm here to tell you right now that God wants to take down uh, some strongholds uh, in the name of Jesus. Uh, he wants you to go to heaven. Uh, he wants you to have the joy of the Holy Ghost uh, operating in your life. Uh, he wants you to pass down uh, to the next generation uh, a celebratory uh, deliverance uh, and power of Jesus' name. Some of you aren't getting it right now. God wants to deliver your families uh, and your kids uh, and your life right now in the name of the Lord. Come on, we need to pray right now in the name of Jesus. Woo, hallelujah. This is powerful, and God wants to change the course of our church. 
Help us, Lord, to see ourselves as speaking with authority right now, God. Help us, Lord, to be representatives of you, Jesus. Come on, church, I want you to know that Jesus is no longer walking this earth. He's no longer commanding demons to be cast out. He uses the church. Uh, he uses the people. Uh, he uses you and I uh, that are filled with the Holy Ghost. Uh, God wants to operate through us uh, to where we can lay hands upon the sick uh, and they shall recover. Come on. God wants to deliver in the name of Jesus. This is our exact calling as the ministers of the good news of Jesus Christ. When we begin to speak the name of Jesus, whenever we begin to plead his blood, whenever we begin to speak the things that are not in existence, at least on the earth, uh, but in heaven they are. Let thy will be done on earth as they are in heaven, God. Uh, in other words, we're taking authority. We're saying, God, whatever your will is, uh, I want your will to be accomplished. Uh, but the only way that can be accomplished uh, is for us to say, God, I take authority in your name. In your name, I take authority. Now, you might be thinking, yeah, but we're not Jesus. But we've got Jesus inside of us. There's a whole lot of, I mean, I could, I could argue with you or I could debate with you and I could win in a, just in a landslide. But just a couple things. The Bible says greater works than these that will do. Now, you might be thinking, oh, you're awful, you're awful keyed up now. You're, awful, you're a little bit radical here with what you're saying uh, because Jesus is not here. But he said, greater works than these will we do. <laughs> and we always measure the deaf being receiving their hearing, the eyes being opened, and the dead being raised. That's always the great big miracles that we're looking for, right? But those aren't the great big miracles. Those aren't the great, big, wonderful, greatest miracles that God can perform. Those are the ones that please the crowd. And if we're not careful, we get into the being pleased. You know, the, but it's not about us. It never has been. Come on, now go with me for a minute here. See, the problem is with all these things that we want done, they please the crowd and they please me. Because then I, you know, I'm able to have a neato testimony or I was able to see something really great. But that's not the plan of God. It's never been about flesh. It's never been about the individual. He's always talked to the spirit. And so whenever he began, I'm feeling the Holy Ghost right now. now I might be the only one, but I'm feeling it right now. He walked into that room and he began to speak and he took authority over it. See, he didn't lay hands on, do all the, the, the cool stuff. You know, he didn't do any of that yet, but he just walked in because he had the authority. He had the faith. That means whenever we go into Trubai or we go into Walmart or we go into our job, that when we walk in there, oh, some of you aren't going to get this, but some of you are going, and that's who I'm preaching to right now. You've got the authority because the Bible... The, the word lets us know that the spirit of a man precedes the man. Before you even walk in there, your spirit is already in that place. Oh, hallelujah. You see where I'm going here? Whenever God, Jesus did not have to even lay hands on anybody or speak a whole lot. He just walked in and said a couple little things uh, as in be quiet, quit the emotion. We're going to put a lid on that right now. Because you're worshiping your fear, and you're worshiping your mourning, you're worshiping your sorrow. 
He said, no, we're not going to do that because I'm greater than that. I've got so much confidence that all I have to do is walk in, and they all stop. <laughs> what's that called when they take the, what's that called, the still? We did that a couple years ago. Yeah, mannequin challenge. I mean, they were the first mannequin challenge. They were all just. <laughs> I'll never forget, I watched that again, and Sister Vanessa had some kind of cake. She's the only one that really, it was hilarious. I saw a little bit of blinking and stuff, but that glob of whatever it was was getting ready to, and it ended with that. <laughs> so we're not the greatest, but the first one, I believe, I believe they had tears running down. They just stopped. Why? Because the authority walked in. I'm here to tell you, whatever you're dealing with right now, I'm not even halfway through this message right now, but I feel in the Holy Ghost uh, that God is wanting to deliver somebody. You're chasing emotion. You're chasing affirmation. Uh, you're chasing connection. Uh, but Jesus is saying, why don't you chase me right now? I'm the authority. Uh, if you let the man of God pray for you right now, it will stop in your tracks, uh, and God can deliver you uh, in the name of Jesus. Uh, God wants to deliver somebody uh, in the name of Jesus. Uh, if you run up here right now, uh, I promise you uh, that God will deliver you. Uh, hallelujah. God, the authority uh, is in the house, uh, but you've got to want it more uh, than the sadness, uh, than the emotion, uh, than the affirmation, uh, than the feeling. Uh, you've got to know beyond a doubt, uh, I need to be delivered uh, in the name of Jesus. Woo, hallelujah. Somebody needs to come up right now in the name of the Lord. If you feel bold enough, uh, we got one. There's a bold one. Anybody? We got another bold one. Uh, I'm here to tell you, God wants to deliver somebody. Uh, God wants to set them free. We got another one coming up. Uh, God wants to deliver in the name of the Lord. Uh, right now, I am operating in the Holy Ghost. Uh, I'm operating in the authority uh, of the Holy Ghost. Uh, I'm operating in the name uh, that's above every other name. Uh, I'm not operating in Frank crossing. Uh, I'm operating in the name uh, of Jesus Christ. Uh, that's it, Miranda. Right now, give it to the Lord. Uh, somebody uh, needs to surrender in the name of Jesus. You need to stop in your tracks right now. If you want to operate in where you're at, you stay where you're at. Uh, if you want to deliver Jesus, uh, it's in the house uh, right now. You're listening to all kinds of stuff. Uh, you need to plug your ears uh, and listen to what thus saith uh, the word of the Lord. Come on. Woo. Come on, God wants to set free. Church, I need you to pray right now. Take authority. Please help me. Uh, take authority in the name of Jesus.